They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. Boy, I just finished an interview with Dr. Scott Hahn on his new book, Hope to Die, and I'm like, I'm like shaking in my boots by saying, wow, that was a fantastic interview, and I hope you can listen to it on the podcast uh, because it'll be a good one for you to share about the resurrected body and about uh, the true Christian meaning of death and the resurrection of the body. Mary Danielle, are you reporting for service? <laughs> I am. I am. I here. love it. Mary Danielle, uh, I'm not joking. I, this hour with Sahan went so fast, and it was just brought back so many old memories with him talking about the Bible and talking about the resurrected body and the Eucharist. And I mean, he got me all excited, you know? But yeah. Mary Danielle, you yeah, picked out a exciting. yeah, you picked out a topic today about the gospel and the meaning of it. Can you share just a little bit of what we're going to cover today? Well, oftentimes I think we get uh, false ideas about the gospel, and a, a lot of people seem to think that, you know, the gospel means that if I follow Jesus, I'm not going to suffer, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to have any trials in life, that Jesus, and I've heard this, Jesus did all the suffering, why do I, you know, so I don't have to suffer, um, and I think that we need to look at what it really means, and what was he really saying, and also I notice a lot of people talk about love. And they go, well, God is love, and so God is love, so he would never send anyone to hell because he's so loving, he's so forgiving. And and it's like, well, does that square up with what Jesus actually said in the Scriptures? Is it is it is this idea of love so all-encompassing that even if I don't love him in return, even if I don't ask for forgiveness, he's just going to say, oh, well, you know, let bygones be bygones, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he did say, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they do, but what does he say at the last judgment? What is, and so what, what really is the gospel telling us? Is there a price to be paid for following our Lord? Right. And are we willing to pay it if there is? Amen. Like, okay, I'll follow the Lord if there's no price to be paid, but if there's a price to be paid, uh, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So we don't want, like Bishop Sheen says, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. And uh, we can't have this resurrected Christ without our own Good Friday. And I think, you know, so many people have told me that, why do I have to die? Jesus died on the cross for me, and so I can just go straight in. But that's not what the uh, the gospel says. Repent and believe in the gospel. we got to have repentance. So that's a good thing. Mary, I, I know you've got so many good stories you shared with me at the coffee table, <laughs> at, the, at, at Breakfast Nook and all that. And um, I want to make sure you get to them, but I want to uh, just give one little story that you really inspired me about a about a saint. Could you uh, be so good to share that story, or is it too early to share that one? Um, you mean the, the confessor? Yes, I thought that was powerful, because we're going to have confessions here at our chapel again this Saturday. People can come. We had 200 people last Saturday come. Yes, yeah, share that story. Okay, well, this is um, St. Leopold. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, let me see if I can get his last name right. Mandic, M-A-N-D-I-C. He was actually a Croatian. Um, he was born in Croatia. Mm-hmm. But he became a Franciscan, and he ended up in Italy. He ended up in Padua. This man 
um, was born in 1866. He died in 1942. Mm-hmm. And after he was ordained a priest, mm-hmm. he heard confessions 12 hours a day. Wow. 12 hours a day. And he was in he was in a monastery in Padua, and he made a, a, a prophecy yeah, before a he died. Yeah, exactly. He said, he said, this monastery will be bombed and it will be destroyed. But the cell where I heard confessions will remain. Wow. And what happened? And that's what happened. Oh that's God. exactly what happened. The monastery was bombed. It was completely destroyed. But the cell where he had heard confessions was still standing after the bombing. Wow. As a sign that here the mercy of God had been, you know, generously distributed mm-hmm. 12 hours a day, every day, by this priest. And in, in, you know, God's, and God does this. God shows his gratitude to us for yes. our response to him. I mean, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, we can't earn God's love. We don't need to really. Yes. But, and God doesn't owe us anything. And yet... He shows his gratitude to us Yes, when we do his will and carry out his will. It's wow. amazing. And so this, this monk who heard confessions 12 hours a day, 12 hours daily, Franciscan priest, and for 40 years he did this. And he was, he was accused, he said. <laughs> this is funny. He was, accused, yeah. he was accused of being too lenient with the penitents. <laughs> You're not strict enough on it. That's why everybody comes to you. Okay, I get it. And yet they did. They Well, they did. And what he would do is he would give everybody, I don't know, he would give them a light penance, and then he would do the penance for them. Mm-hmm. He would do the penance that wow. should have been done for, for their confession. He would take it on himself. Yeah. And, but he said, he, he would say to them, he would say, well, you know, Jesus forgave us all our sins. Mm-hmm. Who am I? I mean, when I get to the last judgment, if I haven't, if people come and they, they kneel down before me, I'm going to assume that, yeah, you, you really mean that you want forgiveness. Yep. So um, then I will give you, I will listen to your confession. I will, you know, absolve you of your sins and, and I will take the penance on myself. Mm-hmm. And so he, he wasn't, he wasn't harsh with people. Yes. It was very, so we, we can ask, and we can ask St. Leopold to please pray for our priests that they will, you know, make a confession more available and understand yeah. that, yeah, that the mercy of God, yeah, God is merciful and he, no, he doesn't need the sacraments, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a bit presumptuous for us to say that, um, well, God does, God can work out the sac- outside the sacramental system and therefore we priests aren't going to hear confessions. Huh. That's, um, that's presumption is a sin, by the way, mm-hmm. we can't presume on the mercy of God. Yes, if there's an absolute, you know, need or, or lack of a, a availability of the sacraments, then yeah, God will provide. But if we are um, neglecting the sacraments, mm-hmm. you know, sins of omission and and sins of presumption, they are real. Well, that story really um, brings me to say something about our own Los Angeles diocese. I heard yesterday at a meeting with Bishop O'Connell our auxiliary bishop for the San Gabriel region, and he told me that Archbishop Gomez had a very fruitful meeting Friday with the governor of California, and there's you know people there regarding opening up our churches so that we can have confession and mass, and uh, that's getting very, very close. So I suspect in the next week an announcement will come for us to have Holy Masses again public and confessions public, but I want to Mentioned, too, here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina, this 
Saturday, I've got priests coming to hear confessions starting at 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So that story gave me a good excuse to encourage people to go to confession, including myself. <laughs> so, Mary Danielle, I just thank you for sharing that story. We've got several other good ones today. And I love the stories of the saints. I consider him a saint. I mean, anybody that could do what he just did in his lifetime. Well, he is. He is canonized. Yes, he's a yeah. saint then. And I'm sure there's others that are even un, that not are, are canonized, but who have lived holy lives that someday will come about, and the church will recognize those. I'll give you one right now. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, his beatification was supposed to take place last December, but we all know that we have um, some issues in our church with people who are not wanting to see that happen. But, you know, God's going to work that out because, you know, we're not in management. We're in sales. Mary, I hear little Bo, our grandson, and I love that he's there with you when you do your Bible study here on Virgin Most Fat Powerful Radio because we are a family radio apostolate. And uh, Bo, just keep up the good work. Mary, getting back to uh, the gospel and the meaning of the gospel, let's get back now that you've got that beautiful testimony of that story done. All right. And the gospel today, we are in the sixth week of ordinary time. So this Thursday is actually Ascension Thursday. Yep, that's right. Which, um, and, but uh, the sixth week in ordinary time, the gospel is from the gospel of John. It's chapter you know what, Mary? Let me read. Let me read the gospel, and you give You'll the commentary. It, I had Doctor Han also give it today. Also, chapter sixteen, verse five to eleven. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, "Now I am going to the one who sent me, and not one of you asked me where are you going, but because I told you this, grief has filled your hearts. But I tell you the truth." It is better for you that I go, for if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world in regard to sin and righteousness and condemnation, sin because they do not believe in me, righteousness because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me. Condemnation, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Praise Lord, to Jesus, you Lord Christ. Jesus Christ. Wow, man. For if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you? Wow. Let's, that's, a, right. that's so appropriate for this week with, you know, with, uh, with the Ascension Thursday. Pentecost is coming up. We have Ascension Thursday, and then that, that begins the, the time of prayer for Pentecost. Uh-huh. And um, we, because what, what it was is Tell me. Jesus came to reveal the inner life of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And in, in the Trinity, the, the Word, the Son of God, proceeds from the Father, and he, he goes out from the Father as the Father speaks this one word of perfect knowledge. But then he returns to the Father in, in an embrace of love, and as in this embrace of love is where the Spirit is spirated. And so, and this is, again, we talk about this as if it were a sequential mm-hmm. event, but it's not. It was one eternal action. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are co-eternal. They're co-equal. Wow. And so, Mary, just a quick note. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll get right back to the Gospel of John for the the sixth week of Easter. We'll be right back. 
Welcome, Daniel. You're on the line. What's on your mind, brother? Hi, I just wanted to share a testimony about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I had a buddy at work who, you know, he's a lukewarm Catholic guy, and I wanted him to start listening to the Terry and Jesse show, so I kept telling him to download the app, and he kept putting I grabbed the app on, and I downloaded the app on, and I downloaded the app for him. I went on vacation, and you know, I kept asking him to come to him. Hey, man, I've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show, and it's great, and it's uh, made a big impact in his life. The guy, he's going to weekly adoration a couple times a wow. week. He goes to the Mass in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's an on-fire Catholic, and he promotes the Terry and Jesse show on the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Daniel, what a testimony, and I want to encourage our listeners to get those cards by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and uh, do what Daniel's doing. Go out and spread the faith by inviting people to listen to Virgin Most Powerful. Daniel, thanks for your testimony, brother. God love you. You're welcome. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, and a light to my path. According to St. John Paul II, being a Christian means saying yes to Jesus Christ. It consists in surrendering to the Word of God and relying on it, but also endeavoring to know better and better the profound meaning of this Word. May God grant that we always rely on His Word, read it often, and put it into practice. or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. Mary Danielle is explaining the Gospel of John. It's the sixth week of Easter, John 16, verse 5 to 11, that we read. So, Mary, we got interrupted by the music, so I'm all ears now. I'm sitting, I'm waiting for, I'm ready, ready. I was, I'm talking about the fact that the eternal processions within the Trinity, Mm -hmm. that the the Son proceeds from the Father, and that his return to the Father, Mm -hmm. when he goes back to the Father in this embrace of love, the Holy Spirit then proceeds from the Father and the Son in this embrace of love. And that this is why Jesus says it's necessary for him to go back before the Holy Spirit can come, because his coming into the world was to reveal this inner life of the Trinity and the love that God has for us. And so he came out from the Father and became flesh. So now that his mission is completed, he's sent on a mission, then he has to go back to the Father so that the Holy Spirit can come, because the Holy Spirit (laughs) now has a mission to complete the work that Christ had begun. Got it. And so this is why he's saying, and and it's beautiful at the end there, Jesus talks about, you know, that that the Spirit will convict us, the world, it will convict the world. And again, when Jesus talks about the world, he's talking about that element within the world that rejects God. Secular world. It's within us. Yeah. Well, it's it within all of us. Yeah. Well, it's it within all of us. We mm-hmm. have the world within us. It's, you know, the world, the flesh, and the devil are yeah. the enemy. Exactly. The devil. We don't need the devil's help to do it. <laughs> the, the world, it's wrong about righteousness, wrong, and it's um, wrong about 
um, condemnation. Um, to believe in, we don't believe that the, and God being man and 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 revealed, then that is sealed. And Russ is the right. He's totally one. righteous. He's totally righteous. He he's totally righteous. He's free of all. Totally righteous. He's free of all sin. And yet free of all sin. And yet free of all sin. And yet he of all takes sin. And yet he takes on. And yet he takes on. And yet he takes on him. And yet he. The punishment for all sins, and it's His being glorified, His being glorified at the Father's right hand that, that shows mm. His complete righteousness. And it's wrong about condemnation because now Jesus says the ruler of this world is condemned, mm-hmm. and the ruler of the world He's referring to Satan. He's referring to the devil, the rebel, the the one who rebelled first against God, and so He is condemned. And He that Jesus came to condemn Him to say no. You don't have power in the world. I have power, and um, you have to go back to the place prepared for you. God prepared for you. That doesn't mean he doesn't still tempt us. But that's that's what, in a nutshell, here what what the uh, um, so ruler of the world is condemned. So don't know how he calls him and the way that works. God only a creature. He's not a God. <laughs> I like the way so Padre Peels the. Like a dog that's on exactly does. Yes, Dave on John. Uh, that talk about if you're finished with the gospel of uh, John, the yes, commentary there. Of John, to, the yes, commentary there. Go on now to today's topic. Yeah, what is and, and topic. yeah, what is and, and today's topic really is what's really ultimately what what's the message of the league? What what's the message of the gospel? Right, right, right. And what you know, right. And what you know, what is the right? And what you know, what is the message? And when I think, as I said at the beginning, and I think some people do get it wrong. I know I've I've heard this. Get it wrong. I know I've I've heard this from people. I know I've I've heard this from people. I've heard this from people. I've heard this from people. Well, Jesus. Well, Jesus suffered. Well, Jesus suffered. I don't have to suffer. Or or you know, oh love. That just means that God's going to get everybody into heaven, no matter what. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Where does it say all that in the gospel? And and so what I did is I I did look um, at an article that I found online, mm-hmm. the core message of the gospel. Yeah. And and essentially yes, the core message of the gospel is love that God loves us, and He loves us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And um, in the Holy Father, um, in his encyclical um, Evangelium Gaudi, mm-hmm. Gaudium, mm-hmm. Evangelii Gaudium, mm-hmm. all revealed truths derive from the same divine source and are believed with the same faith. And I think we need to remember that. When we read the scripture, this is revealed truth. So I always like to remind people that when we're talking about scripture. And of course, in the core of the gospel, God's love shines forth for us. But what does that love mean in practice? Right. What is what is the meaning of that love? Is it just that, well, God loves me no matter what, yeah. and I can go out and ignore him all my life. And I hear you. I want. And at the end, he's going to say, okay, come home. Right, right. Well, let me ask you this. Or, Go ahead, Mary. Yeah. No, I just, the reason I'm bringing this up is so, so important for people to understand that, you know, we repent and believe in the gospel, but sometimes people have this misunderstanding of what we call false mercy. And in other words, that you don't need to repent, you just need to show up. And I think that sometimes... It's an easy gospel to say, yeah, let me have that. And that, that's the one I want. I want it without having to be repentive. I want to have it without having to say I'm a sinner. I'm just, you know, I'm in because I'm who, who I am. And so this is something that concerns me 
that has crept even into our church. Sometimes you hear people saying, I don't need to go to confession. I don't need to repent. It's, it's the gospel is there, and it means everybody is welcomed. We're all welcome to go straight to heaven. So, you know, this is why I like the church now, because it's not judging me, because I'm living, you know, objectively in mortal sin. Well, that's understandable, because, you know, God's going to look the other way. Come on. So, Mary, what do you share? How do you share with people who think that we have this universe, no matter who, that says, no matter who I, what I do, I'm look the other way when it comes to John Murray preached a gospel. He told repentance that I give up of repentance that I give up for John out. He was John, and he had called someone. He his words were he his words were the moment has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. The can't and believe. So he's, right. So he's saying, give up your sin. Do we have your sin? Do we have any evidence? Do we have any evidence? In- do we have any evidence in the Gospels, any evidence in the Gospels, any evidence in the Gospels, that yes, evidence in the Gospels that we have to give up our sin, or that we might have to give up our sin, or that we might have to give up our sin, or that we might have to give up our sin, or that we might have to give up our sin, or that we might have to give up our sin, or that we might be judged, or that we might be judged, and we might on what we do, on what we do, on Jesus gives, Jesus gives, Jesus gives, Jesus gives one account of the last judgment, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And in that account, he talks about faith in me, so come to heaven. You had faith in me. No, actually, he faith. He said, I was hungry and you gave I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsting me, naked and you clothed me, naked and you away from home and you walked away from home and you welcomed me. I was a prisoner. I was sick. You visited me. Whatever you did to the least of my brothers, you did to me. And the people who will be condemned, and he does say they will be condemned, mm-hmm. are those who didn't do these things. Right. So it's, it's in the keeping of God's word. I know some people think that, well, the only reason people keep the commandments and go to church and say their prayers is because they're trying to earn brownie points with God. And, and I do want to speak a word of caution here. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily so, first of all. I don't know what other people are doing. Right. But there is sometimes an unexamined assumption within us because when we were little kids, oftentimes, we were brought up on the merit system. And the reality is, is that I don't have to earn God's love. I couldn't possibly, by the way. God loves me freely. I wouldn't exist except that he loved me into existence. Mm-hmm. But once he's loved me into existence, then what is my response? Mm. Am I going to get to heaven if I don't love him in return? And again, remember those who didn't take care of their neighbor's needs don't get to heaven, but there's someone else. Jesus addresses the idea that it's sufficient just to believe that God exists and that he loves us, right? Yes. Well, Jesus said Satan believes and he trembles. The devil believes that God exists and believes that God loves him. But the devil doesn't love God in return. And he will never be in heaven. And so God's love demands a response from us. Yes, it does. It's not enough to say that, oh, well, yeah, God, and he does. I mean, God loves us. And there's so much you could read. The Gospel of John, read chapters 14 and 15. Um, You know, read the letters of John. Where he, you know, in, the, in his letters, John, the, the apostle, when he, when the evangelist, when he wrote his letters, you know, 
um, dearly, my little children, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. How did the love of God appear? God sent his son into the world that we might have life through him. And he, he says, you know, and this is what love consists. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us first. Well, okay, fine. Uh, what about in the natural order, you know, in marriage? Will a marriage last if there's not a mutual love that is built daily and worked at daily on, by both parties? No. No. We're supposed to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Personal, well, to have a personal relationship with someone, um, it should be built on love. Um, if you want a good relationship, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Some people, unfortunately, have oh, other kinds of relationships nowadays. But um, you you build it on love, and it has to be a mutual love. It's not a one-sided thing. It's not like, well, oh, God has all the love, and, and, and so I don't have to have any. Well, no, God shares his love with us. Mm-hmm. He actually, St. Teresa of Lezu said, she said, Lord, Lord God, Lend me your love with which to love you, that you may be loved as you deserve. And then she said to Jesus, Jesus, lend me your heart with which to love my neighbor, so that I can love my neighbor as you commanded. Because at the Last Supper, Jesus says, he took the commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, and he upped it a notch. He said, more than upped it a notch. He upped it it a a huge leap. He said, love one another as I have loved you. Sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. And, there's, and, there, and there is more evidence in the Gospel of John also about the fact that love demands a response from us. And I want to go into that, but I'm, how close are we to the break? We are almost at the break. I want to just do a big commercial for uh, the men's conference coming up, if I can. Catholic Men's Conference with Jesse Romero, Ruben Nava, and Tim Gordon will be on June 13th. And the way to get that registration is... Just go online to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You don't have to be a man to come to the men's conference. It's going to be on the computer, on our app and YouTube. Also, we have a virtual pilgrimage to the Holy Land with Steve Ray. Join him through the with the Bible. He's going to take you through uh, Iraq, uh, Turkey, Israel, Jordan, all these places, and talk about Old and New Testament figures. And, hey, you don't even have to get on a plane to get to the Holy Land. Steve's going to take you through on June 20th with the virtual pilgrimage. How do you do it? Go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Also, I want to give an update, Mary. People are so generous. We just got the equipment that was ordered last week. We had a $5,000 piece of equipment that needed to be put into the studio because the old one broke. We got it today. And the good news is we got the $5,000 to pay the the credit card bill because I put it on the credit card. So I want to really thank our listeners for their generous response to that. Also, I want to make one more little plug. Bishop Strickland will be on the Terry and Jesse show. He's the Bishop of Tyler, Texas, to talk about religious freedom. When we come back with the Bible and the Barbers, we're going to continue to talk about the true message of the gospel according to what the Catholic Church teaches. We'll be right back.
Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need covenant eyes to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to covenanteyes.com and type in the promo code VMPR to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet www.covenanteyes.com code VMPR live porn free thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio thank you God bless you keep the faith this is Terry Barber I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio and here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. I'm with my bride, Mary Danielle, and our grandson. I can hear him in the background. God bless him. Mary Danielle, before you get right back into we're talking about the, me, the true message of the gospel, I, you had told me another story last night and I said please tell that story on the radio because people always remember stories so could you share that one with us please the one about Towler and the beggar yes <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> you are so cute yeah, that one <laughs> yeah that one and I, I, again this is the living out of the gospel what does exactly. it really live it out yeah. Towler just was a was a German mystic mm-hmm. and um, he was walking down the street one day and he saw a beggar and he said good day to you sir and the beggar looked at him and said, well, I always have a good day. And Towler looked at him and said, well, what do you mean, sir? And the beggar said, well, when it rains, I thank God. Mm. And when the sun is shining, I thank God. Mm. And when I have enough to eat, I thank God. And when I don't have enough to eat, I thank God. And Towler looked at the beggar and he said, where did you find this peace? <laughs> and the beggar said, where I took leave of man. And Towler looked at him and he said, who are you, sir? And the beggar looked at Towler and he said, I am a king. And Towler asked him, where is your kingdom? And the beggar responded, it is in my heart. Wow. 
when we make Jesus the king and center of our hearts, and we know and and you know that He is the source of all good, and that whatever happens in this life, whether we consider it good or bad, it's a gift from Him to help us draw closer to Him. And this this beggar had learned the lesson completely. Mm. And and as someone once said to me, well, that's the height of holiness. I said, but we're all called to holiness. That's right. And, and we're striving. Now, granted, we may not get that every time. We may not be perfect. That's why we go to confession, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, when I hear that story, I think of an attitude of gratitude is welcome just about everywhere. I, I wanted you to have that story. I wanted you to tell that story today, Mary, because a lot of us are still struggling with this COVID-19. And they're being told they can't leave the house and a lot of people are frustrated. And so I, I think that, you know, the Bible with the Barber show now is even more important because we're really encouraging our listeners to open up that Bible on a daily basis and read the Bible and, and, and receive the graces from, re, from reading God's love letter to us. And I think that that story of that man and how he had the attitude of, of a gratitude that, that whatever God sent— he always had this attitude that that God was blessing him, even in times when things were if it was raining. Okay, fine. God must want it to rain. Praise God. In other words, he didn't let the circumstances that were going on affect his relationship in a negative way to God. And I think that that's the message I got out of that, Mary. Right, and I think it's important too. Again, we you know oftentimes we think our faith is about how we feel. Yeah, tell us and about our that. Faith yeah. is not. It's not about how we feel. Well, somebody said, yeah. response and love. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the deal. You know, I, you know, Bishop Sheen talks about this. You know, he said, you know, two young people fall in love. They get married. She thinks she's married Prince Charming. He mm-hmm. thinks she's, he's married, you know, a queen of the world. And, and, and you wake up the next day and you find out, you know, he sweats and um, <laughs> he has bad breath. And, yeah. you, know, it, you, find, you know, we're just human beings. And, and granted, the honeymoon can last longer than that. Sometimes we just ignore things that... And and they say love is blind, you know, so we don't. But as you grow together as a couple, as you live together and, you know, build a family, faults come out. You begin to realize, you know, we're just two human beings sure. trying to do the best we can. Right. So the question is, do you say, you know, am I done? Um, Alice von Hildebrand wrote a beautiful book years ago, um, Dr. Alice von Hildebrand, called Letters to a Young Bride. That's right. And she said, you know, when you were going to get married, when you fell in love, you had this Mount Tabor experience mm-hmm. with your future spouse. Sure. And then you got married, and Mount Tabor begins to fade. <laughs> so what you have to do is you have to go back. and you, Not just go back, but as you go forward in life, renew that Mount Tabor experience. Thank God every day for the good that you see in the other. Right. Love, this is love. Love has to be exercised. It has to be renewed. And Bishop Sheen said that. Your love will not last because it is strong. It will last because it has the power to renew. Amen. You have the power to renew your love. And so this is love. It, yes, you have to work at it. It's not just, oh, you know, happily ever after. It's, no, the struggles of life. But, you know, there can be joy in the struggles. That's right. And the struggles can bring out our weakness, but they also can be the, the um, how do you say it, the pivot point of our strength mm-hmm. in terms of turning to God in our weakness and realizing that we can rely on the strength of God right. to get us through this, that God will get us through. 
And so, you know, we want to be grateful, even in the midst of this pandemic. And it's difficult. And so a lot of people are experiencing darkness. They're like, well, I don't feel God anymore. I don't feel the presence. You know, that's a natural, by the way, that's a natural result of not being able to go to Mass and receive Holy Communion. Yeah. Even if you're assisting at Mass virtually, even if you're receiving uh, spiritual communions every day. Right. And the other thing is, God wants us to love Him for Himself. What was the first commandment? What is the first commandment? I am the Lord your God. You shall not have strange gods before me. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, with all your strength and will. And so if we put anything before God, that's a form of idolatry, even if it's the gifts he gives. Oh, I love you, God, because you make me feel good. I love you because you give me consolations. I love you because you gave me a good job and I'm making a lot of money. I love you because, oh, my gosh, this beautiful wife or this handsome husband you sent into my life, you know. Mm-hmm. I love you because I can go to Mass and, and receive the sacraments every day. But those are God's gifts. Do we love him for himself? And, yes, the Eucharist is Christ himself. But nonetheless, to receive the Eucharist is a gift. Yeah. We don't have a right to it, strictly speaking, God didn't have to do that. Right. You know, God doesn't owe it to us. And so um, we want to, to be grateful to God in the midst of these circumstances and to beg him, yes, that, that you know, realize that worship of God is, is not a non-essential. Right. And you and Scott Hahn talked about this in the last hour, you know, right. this, this, you know, this idea that we're walking around spiritually dead and we think it's fine. No, it's not fine. Right. It's not fine to try and live your life as if God doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, and this is this is part of the love, the gospel, the gospel of love. Yeah, the gospel of love. Read the gospel of John. Mm-hmm. You know, the gospel of love. But we need to respond to God's love with gratitude, even in suffering, even in suffering. Mm. And the suffering can become a great, you know, Paul, remember St. Paul he had a weakness. He had a thorn in the flesh, an angel of Satan to tempt him. Mm-hmm. Those are the words he used. Yes. And three times he begged the Lord to take it away from him. And the Lord said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you because in your weakness is my power brought to perfection. So Paul said, I willingly rejoice in my weakness for it is then that I am strong because it's then that the power of God shines through me. So in the midst of this weakness, let's reach out to our brothers and sisters feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, you know, shelter the homeless. 36 million people have filed for unemployment. It's the greatest rate of unemployment since the Great Depression. And wow. no, Do- President Donald Trump did not cause this. Right. But we, if, if, we're going to have a lot of people who need a lot of help. And we as Christians as a community need to get together and reach out. Right. And say, what can I do to help? How can I feed the hungry and give drink to the thirsty? And, you know, and the sick, visit the sick. It's like, oh, my gosh. No, you can't visit the sick. People who have coronavirus, they're dying in the hospital. You can't see them. We had a friend of ours who went into the hospital. They thought he had coronavirus. Not a friend. A friend, well, a man we knew. Yes. His family. We knew his family. And he died in the hospital alone without his family being able to come to his side. And he Terrible. didn't even have coronavirus. Terrible. Didn't even have the virus. Yeah. And yet his family was not, and he died alone. Yeah. Well, he didn't die alone. His angel was there. God was with him. And, you know, he was surrounded by the prayers of people. But physically, they weren't allowed to be with him. Right. And it's like, oh, my gosh. 
And so, you know, this, the, the, the corporal works of mercy that Scott Hand talked about, and also the spiritual works of mercy that we need to practice. But I'm um, getting back to this love, and, and what did Jesus say? Really, I encourage people, read carefully John chapter 14 and 15. These are part of the Last Supper dialogue. As Jesus says there four or five times mm-hmm. that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Right. And then he goes on in, in verse 21. 20, yeah, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Verse 23. If a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him. And then he says in 14, verse 30, the very end, he's talking about the, the prince of this world is here. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is going to allow him to appear to have power over him. And why? I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Hmm. Jesus has just practically equated keeping the commandments with love. Right. That if you love God, you will keep his commandments. And, and John in his, his first letter, in one of his letters, will mention that, that, you know, if we love God, we will keep the commandments of God. We don't sin. Yeah. And, and the deal is, well, it's not magical <laughs> and it's not usually miraculous. We have to struggle against sin. Right. And then Jesus goes on in chapter 15 and talks about the vine and the branches. Sure. And, he, and he says again, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Right. So, you know, beautiful. we don't keep the commandments. Yeah, it's not, it's not about keeping the commandments to earn God's love. It's keeping the commandments because God revealed the commandments. Yep. Mary, God be- gives them to us. Mary, when we yep. take a quick break, I wanted to, Scott Hahn mentioned something the hour before our show regarding what the world would say is a, a, a tragedy, and that was the crucifixion. But we know with our faith that what Jesus did is he paid a price for sin, and it wasn't a tragedy. It was actually a blessing for all of us. 2,000 years later, we're still receiving the graces from his passion and death, and we could talk a little bit about that because we're talking about the message of the gospel here on The Bible with the Barbers, and when we come right back, we'll share that insight with Mary Danielle, and uh, we want to thank you for joining us in this Bible study. In Luke 7, Jesus said, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven her because she has been shown great love. According to St. John of the Cross, Christians should always remember that the value of their good works is not based on number and excellence. Their value is based on the love for God that prompts them to do the works. May we always be motivated by true love for God and not worry so much about what we do, but why we do it.
How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before, at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers, or thank you for joining us in here once a week here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I was mentioning to Mary before the break that the world looks at what happened 2,000 years ago where Jesus died on the cross as Oh, the poor guy, he died on the cross. But we know better that that was actually our the redemptive work of Christ on the cross to open up the gates of heaven for us. 2,000 years later, we're still receiving those graces from his death and resurrection of Christ on the cross. So, Mary, uh, we talk about the message of the gospel, you know, about repenting and believing in the gospel. Well, it seems to me that the very fact that if God stopped thinking about you or me or any of the listeners right now, they would cease to exist, that that is a powerful thought. And I don't know if we actually realize the power of that and also the power of what Jesus did on the cross and, you know, for sin. Can you share a little bit of your insights on that? And and this is the reality that priest once said, he, he said, you know, the cross is the greatest manifestation of the love of heaven. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. This is love. Mm-hmm. This is love. I mean, Jesus Christ, all he had to do was become man in order to redeem humanity, because humanity had been estranged from God, and all he had to do was take human flesh. And, I mean, this, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, take human flesh, unite it to himself, and it's redeemed. Right. And then if he was going to shed a drop of blood because the sin, the remission of sin requires the shedding of blood, sure. well, he dro- he shed his first drop of blood at the circumcision. Right. That was sufficient. But to prove the height and length and breadth and depth of the love of God poured out for us in Christ, he went to the cross. Mm-hmm. That same priest also said, the cross is the greatest proof that there's a hell. Aha. Because if there weren't something very real and very terrible from which he was trying to save us, Mm -hmm. why would he have gone through all that torment? Well said. Mm -hmm. And the other thing to remember, and you you and Scott 
and Matthew talked about this in the last hour, is that the cross isn't the end of the story. No. Jesus rose from the dead. As a friend of mine used to say when I was in college, a girl I met, she said, her dad told him, Jesus got up from the dead bed. He didn't stay dead. He rose. If Jesus Christ had just died on the cross and that was the end of the story, mm-hmm. yes, then it was a terrible tragedy. But it's not. He really is the Son of God taken to himself a human nature. Right. And he really died. He really experienced death so much so that when he died on the cross, when, the, the, when, the, when, the, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, the second person of the Blessed Trinity remained united to the human body of Jesus that was put in the tomb and to the human soul of Jesus that was released from the body. Right. Yes, the second person of the Blessed Trinity really experienced death. He remains united to both parts of the humanity. Because when we die, our body goes into the ground, but our soul goes before God. Right. And so, it, yeah, just it, so to remember that. And, and the deal is, you know, we're talking about God's love. And I really encourage people to really read John 14 and 15. And there's a lot of others, you know, John 3:16, God so loved the world. Famous. We need to meditate on it, you know, that, that, that God really does love us. But his love will change us if we allow him to. Right. And in Acts 10, we have the story of Cornelius, the Roman centurion, who was, he was a Roman, he was a pagan. And, right. But he gave alms, he prayed daily, he reverenced God, and he wants to be baptized. And what happens is, in the beginning of Acts 10, in verses 3 and 4, Cornelius is praying, and he has a vision of an angel. And the angel says to him, Cornelius, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Mm-hmm. Cornelius wasn't earning God's love by his, his almsgiving and his prayers, but God was giving him a reward already for that. His prayers and his alms had ascended as a memorial before God. So it's not that God owes us anything. But God does reward the good that we do, and God answers prayer. And I just want to bring up another story that we learned about that I think is so powerful. And this one involves the rosary, which, by the way, is a very scriptural prayer. It is a scriptural prayer. That's what it is, a meditation on the life and the whole life of Christ and his death and resurrection and glorification in heaven. And we use the prayers from the Bible. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not just multiplying empty words. This is we use God's word and we meditate on it. But what happened was in Canada, there was a flight squadron that was getting ready, being prepared to go into World War II. And their, their squadron leader came to the barracks and introduced himself. His last name was Fulton. I don't remember his first name, but his last name was Fulton. And Commander Fulton said, I, will not, I won't be sleeping in the officer's quarters. I'm sleeping with you men here in the barracks. Before they retired that night, Commander Fulton knelt down beside his bunk and prayed the rosary out loud. When he was finished, he turned to his men and said, I hope you fellas don't mind if I pray. We're going to be facing some really tough situations, and we're going to need a lot of help. Mm -hmm. The next night, three men in the barracks joined him. Mm -hmm. By the third night, every man in the barracks was repeating the prayers. Mm -hmm. By that time, they'd all learned them. Mm -hmm. Everybody was praying Mm -hmm. them. When they got their assignment, they were going to England, and they were going to be flying daily missions over 
enemy territory. Oh, boy. Commander Fulton addressed all of his squadron, and he said, men, I have something for all of you. He gave each man a rosary. Wow. And he said to them, I can assure you that if you will pray this faithfully, you will return safely, faithfully every day. Mm -hmm. So they went to England, and they flew daily missions over enemy territory. And after about two years, everybody noticed, began, you know, people started murmuring and saying, well, wait a minute, this squadron never loses a plane. They never lose a man. What's going on? But the gentleman who was telling the story said, in the midst of battle, in the midst of battle, mm-hmm. Commander Ful- Squadron Leader Fulton's voice could be heard over the radio. Mm. Hail, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Wow. He was leading his men in the rosary as they battled during the war. That's powerful. And they came back safe. And the the one who told the story told the story to a a sister, a religious sister. She was a, a principal of a convent school in Canada. He was a salesman at the time, and he came to have her sign some papers. And he said, no, I have a pen for you. And as he pulled the pen out of his pocket, his rosary came out. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, you're Catholic. And he said, no, I'm not Catholic. And she said, what? He said, yes, I'm not Catholic, but I pray the rosary every day. And then he told her that story. And he said, sister, wow. before my wallet goes into my clothing in the morning, my rosary goes first. Wow. God was first in his life. That was the lesson he learned in World War II. God is first. Now, not every man that prayed during World War II necessarily came back alive. But that squadron, they all came back alive. Praise God. You know, and, it just, and the thing is, is, do we ask? Do we believe God can protect? I mean, the, we would say the audacity of, that, of, of, of squadron leader Fulton to say to his men, I can assure you that if you will pray this faithfully every day, God will bring you back safe. Mm-hmm. How dare you say that? Well, he said it. And that's it right. That's so, right. you know, do we, and that's, our prayer should be audacious. Mm-hmm. We should have, but not audacious in the sense that God give me a million dollars. No, God save my soul. Yes. Save me from sin. And are we praying to be saved from sin? Are we praying to have our souls saved? Are we praying to be able to keep his commandments, to be faithful and loving him? And then when we fall, to humbly go before him and say, you know what? I'm weak, Lord, and without your grace, that's all I am. I'm just a sinner. Without your grace, all I can do is evil. But if you will give me the grace, you can do great things through me. And I want you to do great things through me. Are we willing to pray like that? Yeah. Those are powerful. That's, that, the stories, Mary, are powerful. I'll never forget that story as long as I live. I think about one more quickie World War II story of how a man who's shot out of a B-29 and um, uh, broke his leg on his way down. He's in his parachute, and um, he was praying. And um, the Germans were pulling up, who shot him down, were pulling with the. He could see the trucks coming, but as soon as he landed in a tree, the French resistance group picked him up and took him to a hospital, and his life was saved. And he really felt like his angel had protected him. And you know, we hear these wonderful stories. They're very inspiring. But I think if we really look back at the end of our life, and during our life even, we can see how many interventions God has intervened in our life through his angel, through our blessed mother, through the saints. We just sometimes don't see it because we have to have the eyes of faith to see how God has been working in your life. 
I want to recommend that, you know, you continue to read the Gospel of John uh, because that whole week we've been reading the John narrative, and it is so rich for people. Mary, what other recommendations will we give? We have about two or three minutes left for people for a little homework. Well, what, what other recommendations should they be doing? Well, of course, one, one of the passages we need to read in regards to love and the idea that love is just not a warm, fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. is, is 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, yeah, that's famous. You know, is- and I just, do I have time to just... Yes, do please do. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in the wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, mm. hopes all things, Amen. endures all things. Yeah, love is not, it's not cheap. It's not easy. But all things are possible through God who strengthens us. Well said. I can do all things in him who strengthens me, Paul wrote. And that's God writing. That's God talk, talking to us. So definitely read chapters 14 and 15, and I would say the whole Last Supper narrative <laughs> Good. from John's Gospel. It's just, it, it's really beautiful. And, and, you know, read Acts 10 about Cornelius and, and what, what he had done. And this also, you know, the people always, the people of God recognized that God does bless our, us for our goodness. Now, granted, that doesn't mean we're not going to suffer. Read Job. <laughs> right. Just because just because you keep the commandments and are doing everything right, read Job. Read it. <laughs> I get it. And, you know, Bishop Sheen said, if one loves, everything is easy. If one doesn't, everything is hard. Wow, hear the music, Mary. We're going off with the air, but we want to thank all of our listeners. And if you have questions, you can go on the app. Mary Danielle answers most of the questions on our app on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And if you'd like to listen to the podcast, just go to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you. And here at uh, Virgin Most Powerful, we are excited to know that America is opening up its doors. Its churches are coming open now, finally. And I just want to thank all the people who have been praying for that day to happen. May God richly bless you and your family. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.